society, people want knowledge more than they ever have. We're not just accepting what's put in front of us. Some people are, but the majority of people want to know more. They want to advocate for their health. Two, we can all agree that the healthcare, health insurance model in this country is in a bit of turmoil. And people, a large majority of people, I'm not saying everyone, have become accustomed to either paying out of pocket or having these high deductible plans where they're used to saying, I want this. That's fine. I'll pay for it. Hey, everybody. My name is Josh Remini. I am the pharmacist that de-prescribes drugs by giving people health and wellness tips, tricks, hacks to moving their health from maybe not so good to vibrant. Follow along if you're ready to go beyond the pills. Hey, everybody. I'm really excited to introduce my next guest on the summit, Jennifer Palazzolo. Did I get it right? Correct. Uh, she is a pharmacist who has transformed her own life and her practice because she owns a pharmacy using lifestyle and functional medicine centered around weight loss, gut health, and all sorts of things. So the background in pharmacy and conventional training taught her how to use and treat the symptom. But over time, what was missing is she didn't see people getting better, only adding medications to their regimens. This is the common thread we see with our wellness pharmacists. With her exposure to bioidenticals as a compounder, functional medicine practitioners and colleagues changing their path to wellness, she shifted her belief away from that traditional medicine to believing into the root cause of illness and trying to fix that first. Jen is enrolled with the School of Applied Functional Medicine, which is one of the newer schools around, to expand her knowledge of treating the root cause of disease. Jen has herself lost over 100 pounds and continues to focus on her health and wellness and living a balanced life as a CEO, wife, mom, two teenagers, In her spare time, she loves to travel, cook new healthy recipes, and give a lot of love to her three rescue dogs. Oh my God, Jennifer, you and I have so much to talk about because we are like peas in a pod. My wife just yeah, started. Yeah, but I have a fourth now. I have a foster dog too. So, my, you know. My wife just started fostering <laughs> dogs and we got the first foster failure is our rescue. So, yep. ladies and gentlemen, this is Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi. So, Let's talk a little bit about you at first, like who you are, what you do, that kind of thing. And then tell us a little bit about your story. Sure. Yeah, I mean, pretty much all I know is pharmacy. I started in pharmacy when I was 14 at the local independent back in New York where I grew up. And I went to pharmacy school right out of high school. So I have a five-year bachelor's that existed back then. I worked in chain pharmacy most of my career. And then when I was looking to work part-time, I went to an independent and was reintroduced to that world and kind of on a whim decided to open my pharmacy eight years ago. I opened it from scratch in six months. It was kind of a whirlwind. And um, here we are eight years later. And I always tell my students that come through, like, if you look at my business plan, my pharmacy is absolutely nothing like my business plan. You don't know what you don't know. But I think that's the beauty of being an owner or working in independent pharmacy is you are able to be exposed to so many different things that your typical chain pharmacies just don't have exposure to. And in that exposure, you then expand your knowledge. And we got into functional medicine, which I knew nothing about when I opened 
I mean, I carried like the basic crap vitamins that probably come out of who knows where. And I mean, I knew nothing, right? And so we got into it through a doctor treating chronic mold, which became very prevalent here after the floods of 2013. And we started dispensing cholestyramine, which most pharmacists know as a binder for cholesterol. And you start dispensing something and you're like, okay, this dosing sounds weird. This long-term use, what is this? And we kind of got into it backwards. And so for me, you know, my personal journey has been kind of a long one. Through that, I learned that I have certain things affiliated with mold exposure, you know, and then I did different lab testing and learned because of this mold exposure, my leptin was off the charts. And, you know, it took me a while to really realize that if I was going to work with people and encourage them to get well, I had to get well myself. And that really has only been in like the last 18 months to two years. For me, I just was still so caught up in the running of a business and working all the time. I mean, I literally worked myself into probably super high cortisol, probably depression, poor health overall. I mean, I was fortunate that like I didn't have the lab markers for type 2 diabetes or cholesterol, things like that. But I mean, physically carrying 100 plus extra pounds is takes its own toll and it messes with your hormones. I had tons of free testosterone because it's stored in fat. And now in my own journey of losing over 100 pounds, I'm very passionate about cellular level detox. We have a full detox protocol that we do through a company called CellCore. And so part of my personal passion, I mean, I have a team that works with me, but my passion is working with clients who are losing or have lost significant weight because we never think about how many toxins we store in our fat cells. And when you have immense weight loss, all those toxins are then getting released. You know, as a society... We're very just accustomed to accepting what's put in front of us, what's sold on the shelves of the grocery stores without thinking about what goes in it. Can we pronounce it? How much glyphosate it's been exposed to and how toxic that is to us. So I've just become very passionate about all of these things through my journey and through my children's own personal journeys with certain things and how much I believe just exposure to things in our environment upset our brain function and upset our hormones. We are super exposed to estrogen producers, right? And then we have these boys that become estrogen dominant. I mean, the list could go on and on. Mm -hmm. And so we've just become really passionate as a pharmacy about really changing that pill for an ill concept and people don't know what they don't know. And so, you know, it's usually that one question that somebody asks. And if you answer it the right way, it really kind of sparks a curiosity in the majority of our patients. Um, and they end up coming to see us for hormone labs or environmental toxin labs or food sensitivity testing. We offer a large variety of things. And that has just allowed us to expand on traditional pharmacy to have a functional medicine practice, as well as become known in the community as a compounding pharmacy that's very familiar with functional medicine and what is prescribed in those types of practices. 
Yeah, I think you and I share a lot of similarities, even to the point where we both grew up in pharmacy when we were like, I don't have another job. I've always worked pharmacy. I said my only other job was like a paper boy when I was like 10. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the similarities are what I feel like is what I call the blueprint of the pharmacy of tomorrow. So let's talk a little bit about that. The theme of this summit is really to get pharmacists moving beyond the pills. And when I say that, I really mean not just the pills itself with functional wellness or any of those things, but moving sort of off the PBM script and really like dialing in on where we can go as an industry and still maintain survivor. I don't know how pharmacies these days, and I hope there's a ton of them on this summit, that if they're still at that 90% billable only pharmacy, I wouldn't be in business right now. I, I know I wouldn't. So my sweet spot is the wellness programming, the cognitive programming through functional and integrative health compounding and nutritional supplements like that sweet spot for me is where I think we can really move for that. So let's talk a little bit about your compounding, because I think you've mastered that. Like you and I kind of had a good relationship where we're helping each other with the things yeah. that we're really good at. So I would say Jen's zone of genius is this compounding, but adding the functional medicine into it. So talk a little bit about your journey on how you've even really pivoted the niche of compounding into more of the functional side. Yeah, I mean, for anybody watching that maybe dabbles in compounding or I hear a lot of people that do, you know, like, oh, we do a lot of derm and stuff. And that's great. A big part of our compounding is veterinary and that's fine and that's great. But there's no reason you can't add on to what you're already doing. And so I always say like, don't limit yourself. I'll network with people in areas that I'm not doing and seeing like, is that a good fit for me? So when it comes to functional medicine, I think there are things that are going to set you apart with your practitioners. One is marketing. People have different theories on marketing. I've found my best marketers are pharmacists, the right pharmacists. We're not all good marketers. I'm not great at marketing, but I'm a great closer. So we have a system where somebody works to get the meeting and then I'm good at going in and sharing my knowledge and my passion to close it. The one thing I would say is who's your knowledgeable person if you're going to get into functional medicine and utilize that person in whatever your marketing setup is. So they may not be the one that is going in and introducing the pharmacy, but they may be the best one to have the actual meeting and try to close that book of business with a new provider. The other piece that we've struggled with and are still learning is sometimes those of us that are owners, we may have the most knowledge, but we're not necessarily working the bench anymore. So are we making sure that our staff is knowledgeable in what our message is? Do they understand what the mission of the pharmacy has become, especially if they've been with you for a while and you've changed? Do they understand why you switch from one brand of supplements to another? Do they understand maybe new compounds that are going to be coming in, or are they just taking it, handing it off and can't answer questions about it? So we're working to make sure we educate all of our staff on these functional medicine pieces because it's not something that is taught in pharmacy school. 
which we see with our students that come through, they're kind of fascinated with something even as simple as bioidentical hormones. And so a lot of it is making sure that you're educating the team around you to share your message. And they can't do that if one, they don't know what the changes for the pharmacy look like, and you don't provide them with the educational tools to really understand what they're dispensing. One of my favorites is like, you mentioned naltrexone to the average pharmacist and they think alcohol detox and drug detox and all of that. Mm -hmm. And in the functional medicine space, low dose naltrexone, in my opinion, I feel like every human should try it. Like every human has chronic inflammation, whether we want to believe it or not, unless you are like super clean, super healthy and live in a bubble, But when you say this to a conventional pharmacist, they're not going to understand. So, right, do your pharmacists, do your technicians even have just the basic knowledge to say, oh, no, this is a different use for that. It's super low dosing or they just stuttering and not sounding knowledgeable. And so it's really important that your team has the knowledge around it. Same with hormones, just because hormone in the conventional pharmacy world are like night and day compared to when you are customizing bioidentical hormones based on someone's labs and making sure that the person receiving hormones has really had the proper labs done. I mean, because it only takes a little bit of the wrong prescribing to really mess somebody up. And most people don't think about running like estrogen in a man. But there are so many men who are on testosterone that are estrogen dominant and you keep pumping them with testosterone, you just start messing everything up for them. And these are conversations like I just want to tell everybody like eight years ago when I opened, I had zero knowledge of any of this. Like it's all learned by exposure and asking questions when something comes through that is new to me. And then obviously enrolling in different educational courses to elevate my knowledge, because then you can set yourself apart as an expert in this field and you can go in and you can have the conversations where you are knowledgeable. And that resonates with doctors to refer to you for compounds. They feel confident that those compounds are coming to a pharmacist and a pharmacy that understands why they're prescribing this. They're not going to question every single thing that comes through. Like for us was the cholestyramine. Okay, no, we get it. We read up on mold. We understand why you're using this. We understand the protocol. We understand the dosing. So we don't call and say, this is wrong. This is not what this is used for. You know, a lot of times these communities also are very close knit. So when you get a reputation with one provider, they start to name drop you start to get more calls and inquiries. And again, this is where it comes in to make sure your staff knows. Yeah, we do do that. Yep, we can work with them. If you're unsure, please take a name and number. Let me make sure it's something we can do or not do. Um, Yeah, that's huge because, you know, we touched on some really important topics. You just went rifled through them. Awesome. And I'm secretly going, yes, that's me too. Because Yeah, it's a challenge educating your staff if you've evolved into from, let's just say, traditional pharmacy and moving towards functional or moving towards a wellness branded type thing is educating and getting your staff on board. This is why we talk a lot about culture and the right person in the right seat in this summit, because getting your staff on board, 
you're just like me. Like we've evolved over time. And over that time period, some people are going to fall off because they're not going to be on board. And some people are going to be really embracing of that. So I think it's really important to mention and re-mention like staff is key, like the buy-in, what you're doing, because the owners aren't going to be there all day long. And then, but if you keep filling and billing, you're not serving your passion and you're certainly not doing what's best for the patient or the business aspect. And I love your space. And when you're talking about it's almost like functional pharmacy isn't really created like a paradigm shift yet, you know? So we're all working towards this thing and learning as we go. Like what you said to me was keeping a growth mindset. If you just stopped at doing hormones the wrong way, let's say, and you never went that way or you never understood the right hormone cascade and the right tests and the right things, it's like, we've all explored the journey together, you know? And I think that's why it's important to have this summit and have this group, if you will, because we're kind of in a space where we're all learning, but we're also all mind sharing. We're also sharing ideas because your opportunities come out by something organic, like your mold thing that happened because you had the rain and you had the flooding and then you had mold come. So you had to figure it out. You had to learn because you were trying to serve. Yeah. And then that became a niche market. When I went through functional training about five years back or so, my whole conversations I had with functional providers getting certified was, oh, you're a pharmacist, you compound. And it's like, no, we actually are at the table. But what you were kind of talking about is bringing in the functional providers as a functional trained pharmacist brings value. It doesn't just show up with, oh, just make the hormones that I want you to make. It's like, oh, you actually can do these things that you understand and bringing value to the functional providers is very different than bringing value to an allopathic provider. And it sounds like you've done pretty good on both sides of that. Yeah, I mean, there are those of us creating functional medicine practices within the pharmacy or as like a standalone and such. So there's a little bit of challenge there when you are the pharmacy and you're marketing to providers, but then you're also creating your own consulting business around wellness. I think, like you said, the important thing is that you want providers to know like, no, we're just coming to the table. We're not looking to take away your business. We're here to work together with you. We offer labs. I think there are a lot of pharmacies that offer labs now between there's Ulta and there's ZRT and there's Vibrant. And in most states, you have the capability as a pharmacist to order labs. So the question is, what is your setup? What are you going to do with those labs? And there are pharmacies that become really skilled at interpreting the labs having a consult with the patient and then providing like a really professional recommendation for them to take to their provider. And a lot of times that is a conventional provider, right? And it kind of gets roadblocked. So the option there is to have a referral network with these providers that send you compounds, say, hey, you know, we have some people that come to us for labs and we create a recommendation, but we're not doctors. We don't have prescriptive authority. Can we create a relationship with you where we send this over to you and then their care becomes turned over to you? And that's a nice relationship to have where you see them, you create a relationship, a knowledge base, and then you refer to this provider. 
And in turn, you get the compounds, not just from that patient, but you've created a relationship with this office that will then send more patients your way. There are others who choose to, and you know, this gets a little more complicated, especially if you still take insurance for your traditional scripts, you know, getting a doctor or a nurse practitioner, then you have that gray area. So then it's like, if you have a provider writing scripts, how do you separate the two? But that is another option to go. It's just a lot more legwork. So I wouldn't say, hey, jump right in and do that. You know, if somebody wants to get their feet wet, Ordering labs and offering a paid consult, you know, I throw out the rate of $300 an hour. People are like, I could never get that, but your time is valuable and you're putting in time, creating a recommendation to sit down with somebody. So make like a package and make sure you're getting paid for your time, your research, the customization of what you're giving this person. And then they have something to, again, some people are like, oh, I can get my doctor to do it. He just doesn't know how. Okay, great. Now you're actually opening the eyes of a provider. We've had that happen where doctors are like, I believe in this. I just don't have the time or I don't know. And they'll prescribe our recommendations. And we have some that are like, I want nothing to do with this. I won't write it. And we try to then have a referral network for the patient to go to. So there's a lot of ways to kind of level up your practice and you don't just have to jump in feet first. You can, you know, take it in increments. But in the end, from the compounding and dispensing issue, most compounding pharmacies operate their compounds at an 85 to 90% margin. Last I heard, the billable PBM scripts are 22%, probably on a good day. (laughs) My favorite phrase and they probably get sick of me saying, is it work smarter, not harder? Why would I want to fill 500 scripts a day at a 22% margin if I can fill 200 a day and my average margin is 50% or 47%? Yeah, well, I always say our philosophy is do what's best for the patient and the business at the same time. Getting off the billable model and really making that goal there. I love what you said about staging in working with providers because that's exactly how the landscape goes. Because we probably have a bunch of pharmacists on different scaled levels right now. There's some that have no idea but are interested and want to get started. And there's probably functional medicine certified practitioners going, how do I expand? I love that timeline that you kind of laid out because it does start with conversations. It starts with offering value to the practices that you're talking to. And this is why we invited so many different types of modalities to this summit is I take this stand as wellness and functional and integrative health. There's so much room for people that need it, that there is no competition. I'm kind of on the same space with you as like, I don't feel the pharmacy that starts the next wellness center down the street, or you've been there, you know that like some providers you say, well, I'm, we do functional medicine in my pharmacy. And they like, think you're like the next threat to their thing. But I always take that there's so much room in the world for the need for this that I just love the let's collaborate together. We'll figure it out kind of thing. So I'm glad that you touched in on that because that's definitely my philosophy too, because there's no need for us to all get all like tight around everything. Like, of course, we all have proprietary things, but we need to expand versus entrapped a little bit. So I'm glad that you made that point up. I think that if people 
can just grasp the concept that as a society, people want knowledge more than they ever have. We're not just accepting what's put in front of us. Some people are, but the majority of people want to know more. They want to advocate for their health. Two, we can all agree that the health care, health insurance model in this country is in a bit of turmoil and people, a large majority of people, I'm not saying everyone, have become accustomed to either paying out of pocket or having these high deductible plans where they're used to saying, I want this, that's fine, I'll pay for it and I'll use my HSA or my flex money. I think you will find your spot and your ideal clients wherever you are. And I think the other thing around competition too is like you said, there's enough to go around of people who need help. And what I am finding the more time I spend in the functional wellness space is people actually become very specialized and you begin to co-refer to other practitioners like Lyme. It's just not our thing. It is such a big, huge undertaking that you don't really dabble in Lyme. So if we have somebody that comes and does say they do the Lyme testing and it comes back, we're going to refer them out to a Lyme specialist in the functional medicine space that can treat them. You don't have to be good at everything. Or some people have gut things that don't respond to the basics, right? And there's a gut expert out there. That's how you grow is by collaborating and co-referring to each other. So this idea that, oh my gosh, somebody's going to steal my idea or concepts. It's like, it's, it's an ever-changing space. And as a society, people want the knowledge and they want the wellness. It's just a matter of helping them understand what life looks like when you feel well. And sometimes for some people, it's equating I understand you have insurance and your insurance pays for X, Y, Z, but do you really understand how much a year that's still costing you? What if we could take that away? You would have that money back in your pocket in time. You just have to engage your audience and meet them where they're at and what they need and you'll get the business. Yeah. Huge point. Riches are in the niches. So Mm -hmm. I've found that same experience. You know, we got to get together and talk more because we just have such good similarities. But like, I love specializing in high profile or high stress professionals and working on burnout through functional medicine. So it's not just cortisol and adaptogens. It's a whole process of which we take them through. And literally that's because that's me. I am my avatar and I love serving and working through those. My wife, she's an integrated functional health coach. She loves working with other burnout moms that are dealing with it. So we all have our little niches that we can go. You're right. Like if I'm working on Lyme guy person and I've gotten the basics and they're not getting better, I'm going to refer them out. And that person's going to be so appreciative of me and know what I do best. I just call it the zone of genius because that's what we all are. So I love that you brought that up. And also money mindset. We are actually having a whole talk on this summit about convincing pharmacists that it's not per hour that you need to get paid. It's like we have the worst stigma, I think, in healthcare about getting paid for any of this. So we're going to do a whole talk on money mindset and pharmacy because I've learned that through many, many years of failure, how we can and successfully ask for what we're worth 
And that's really important. So I always say your insurance card pays for sickness, not wellness. Or people love analogies like your insurance covers your car when it's in a wreck, but it doesn't pay for your oil changes to make it better, right? Or to maintain its health. And then people go, oh yeah, right. You just got to flip it to where you're giving them value that's going to supersede the transactional piece of the money, right? You're just exchanging something form of energy. So if you could, like you said, you project it out, hey, how many years, if you're going to do this, like if I can deprescribe down these meds for you and put you towards more of what I call vibrant health, you're going to live longer. It's going to be more expensive for you because you're going to have more vacations, more grandchildren, more fun in your life. And that's not cheap because it's fun, right? So I love spending it in a positive. It's like, I'm going to give you more years on your life. That's more vacations. So get ready to spend your money where it is. And then I also tell people, and I'm sure you do too, is like people don't invest in themselves. Mm -hmm. It's like the last thing we all do. You'll invest in, we should talk to that compounding. They'll invest in their pet more than they will them sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. So we got to shift that paradigm because last time I think most people that we know in our pharmacy is they've invested in themselves either when it's too late they got a lot of work to do, or they hadn't done it since college. That's the last time we put money into ourselves. And so I've always shift my conversations in the beginning with patients. It's like, you should treat yourself like a million dollar horse because you wouldn't feed it junk. You'd do everything you could if you had a million dollar horse to make that thing work well. Well, you should treat yourself like that. And they go, oh yeah, I've not been doing that. Well, Now it's your time, right? And so that's the conversations I love having. So thank you for bringing all that stuff up because those are juicy nuggets for everybody. Yep, you know, you're investing in the big insurance companies and big pharma if you don't invest in yourself. So it's really a matter of where do you want to put your money to you or to someone else? Well, and that's the huge thing that I'm hoping to come out of this summit too is what we do beyond the pills, like beyond billing, is not only better for our patients and their outcome. The first thing we taught in pharmacy school is outcomes. So better outcomes and better business. You just said it. It's like you're paying taxes for the first 30% of your day, and then you're going to pay the PBM the next 50%. If I had done it right, like I would have never got into pharmacy because it's the worst business model. I love the pharmacy healthcare piece, but we've given up our control and we understand that, but that's why we're here So the theme is beyond the pills. So do you track your non-PBM dispensing? Yeah, not regularly. Usually when I have to run something to submit to somebody. And so right now we are close to 70% non-PBM. Well, that's what I meant. You track that percent, right? Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get everybody to kind of envision this dial. The more we do, and if we get to that sweet spot, You know, look at the NCPA digest and you can see like pharmacy dispensing is like 90% or whatever it is, you know, and my thought process is we have, but when a pharmacy can say they're wellness driven, they've done it for their patients and financially. And so my dial is let's get pharmacies to 50% and I think they're going to be okay. Right now we're probably like 60, 65%. I got work to do. I got to learn from you a little bit. (laughs) But you also pay your techs fair. You pay them well. You pay people well. You give them incentives to do the extra. You don't have to talk money, but like 
tell them a little bit about that in your experience, because I think that's really important because a lot of times people like they hear these stories and they go, that's just impossible. I can't blank. So I like demystifying it a little bit. So tell me how you've attracted and gotten your team on board with this newer vision for you. Sure. The biggest thing, and I'm probably guilty of this, is what do they say? Comparison is the thief of joy or something like that. And so sometimes it's really easy for anybody watching this or even somebody on a weight loss journey, seeing somebody else's success story, you compare yourself and you think, oh my gosh, it's so hard. I can't do that. I think the best thing anybody can do is realize everybody started somewhere. Not everybody has mastered everything. I'll be the first to tell you, and you and I've had this conversation, like we still struggle with supplement sales. I feel like our supplement sales should literally be 10 times what they are. That is not an exaggeration. They should be 10 times what they are. And it's a struggle and it's something I am still trying to figure out like, okay, why are we missing? So just because I've mastered compounding and I'm really good at trying to help people grow their compounding and what that looks like doesn't mean I've mastered everything. We always have a starting point for something and we always are going to have something that we can grow and do better with. And so I think that for me, I just want to say to everybody, I have been exhausted I have worked to the bone. I have had days where I'm like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I've been where everybody has been. And I was a startup. So I started like day one with zero. And the fear that comes around that, eight years later, I continually have to work on fear blocks, fear around money, fear around success. And I think that that's something that a lot of owners probably struggle with is the amount of uncertainty in our profession right now. And so the idea of starting something new and different is really like it's outside the comfort zone and all the what ifs, what if, what if, what if. Well, you don't know till you try. And I think the easiest thing to start with is because not everybody on this call may not be a compounding pharmacy. And you can still be successful in consult and functional medicine without compounding, as you show with nutritional wellness and supplements, right? Just start with, are you doing nutrient depletion? Okay, so you're a large dispensing pharmacy making a 22% margin on your scripts, hopefully, Are you doing nutrient depletion around all your birth control patients? Are you selling every antibiotic person a probiotic? You know, there are companies out there that have a simple 10-day bottle. Start somebody small. Fine, you can't sell them the 30-day bottle. See if they'll buy the 10-day probiotic while they're on therapy. Are your metformin patients, are they on their nutrient depletion regimen? I have a great chart that I'm happy to share that we came up with and students worked on while they were with me of like what the drug class is, what the side effects are. That's the biggest talking point is, hey, patient or client, customer, whatever you refer to them as, are you experiencing cramps in your legs? Are you having dizziness? Are you this? Well, yeah, actually I am. Well, let me tell you why I think that's happening and how we can help it. So as a pharmacist, are you engaging your patients or is your tech just, what's your name? What's your address? Okay, thank you. You're missing opportunities there, whether it's a bag stuffer or an alert in your software that says pharmacist counsel, but just start there. Just start with nutrient depletion. Then you can level up to whatever your next piece is. And if you're a compounding pharmacy, then, okay, 
you don't have to market to every functional medicine doctor. Maybe you're going to find doctors that work with hormones. So, okay, you'll take it incrementally. You as the owner or the pharmacy manager are coming up with a plan. You can't keep it to yourself. You have to let your team know, hey, this is the nature of the business. Hey, these are some of the financial struggles we're facing this is my plan so that we survive. You don't want people to come to work and overhear the negatives all the time and the fear of, are we going to make it? You want to bring them into your plan for the future. Sometimes that's self-work, right? Like I got to work through my own fear, realize we've made it. And you come to the table with the idea of here's the plan, here's our goals, We set like really specific goals about what the pharmacy needs to pay its bills plus have the rainy day fund. And when we make our goals, we share. That's when a bonus is available. So when we make the financial goals, everybody gets a piece of the pie. And sky's the limit. You want to double our goals, then you get a piece of all of it. Then they have personal investment. They have buy-in into reaching those goals. And sometimes it takes some creativity. That's where having a really good business coach comes in. Because in a pharmacy where you have people in the lab all day, well, they're like, how am I supposed to sell compounds? Or maybe you have a back office. Everybody makes the wheel spin. So it's just breaking down. What does each person do? What are they accountable for each month to make the pharmacy a success? And you track that. And then when you meet your goals, everybody gets a piece of the pie. It's really hard when there's months that you don't meet the goals. and that involves bringing the team in, brainstorming, okay, what happened? Was it just an off month? Was customer service down? Sometimes it's supply issues. When something's not available, then you could lose hundreds of scripts for a month. We go through that a lot with compounding sometimes. Like we've lost quite a few things around certain things that have not been available for six plus months and there's not like a big alternative. So I think it's really about how are you showing up as a leader, whatever your role is with the company? Are you sharing the information? I was guilty of just always assuming that me like saying this here and this there. Are you sharing it in a way where people are listening, having a chance to ask questions? And are you sure they're walking away, understanding what the plan is and how they're a part of it and really what the reward is? Most people want a reward for their work. What's in it for me? Everyone, if you can't tell them what's their incentive. Yeah, Yeah, that's great stuff. We all have self-limiting beliefs that we have to work through. And that's a big piece for us moving our pharmacy forward too. We're not always the been there, done that pharmacy. We're working on it every day. And I think what you said is I'm in classes now on neuro-linguistic programming just to kind of continue that talk, my talk inside my head, because That's so crucially important because a lot of the times I've found, you touched on it with, it starts with a conversation with our patients a lot. So we've adopted the strategy that says, what's your beyond the pills conversation you have with every single customer transaction, whether it's on the phone, in person, email, because a side effect of a medication is a nutrient depletion. So we're actually kind of on the hook, liable almost to not talk about that with our customers. And I've probably been, this will be probably my 10th year in a row or more talking to pharmacists on start with nutrient depletion. And I haven't even done it perfectly either. We have plenty of prescriptions. 
we probably are in the 10x space too. And vulnerability is we are moving our nutrition, but if our goal for the next couple of quarters is to introduce our nutrition to every single customer, mm-hmm. and it starts with my opinion on the top five everybody needs probiotic, great quality multivite, omega-3, vitamin D, and, and magnesium. If I can handle that, we're going to hit the nutrient depletions pretty good. We're going to do all this stuff. People are going to feel great, but the pharmacy is going to make another six figures in profit, right? Yeah. And so it's pulling off that thing. So many good nuggets with that. So you do consult people on compounding. You've consulted me. You're consulting me. So how do people get a hold of you if they're interested in your zone of genius and working that through? Because they do need to get started. And I'm a big proponent of hiring a mentor or a success coach that can compress your timeline and therefore compress your financing. So how do people get a hold of you, Jen? I think the easiest way is usually just to shoot me an email. A lot of people like to Facebook messenger me and stuff. And I'll be honest, it gets lost sometimes because it can blow up there. And I'm really good about, I have a super clean inbox. I'm not one of those with 40,000 emails in my inbox. So if you email me, jen at flatironsrx.com, I won't move it from my inbox until I respond to you. And I'm happy to have a quick conversation and see if what I do or what I know is something that can help you. And if it's not something that's in my wheelhouse, I feel like I have enough people that I would say, hey, this person's a better person for you to work with. But I think that's the important thing is for all of us to realize we can't continue only dispensing. We've got to think outside the box. And I know... There's a lot of different things going on trying to get us paid for our services. But my question always to that is, is what are you doing right now to make sure that you're around three years, five years, 10 years when we might get paid for what we do day in and day out? Bam. Yep. (laughs) The time is now, right? We don't need to wait for the insurance model to catch up. I would rather not. I would rather stay predominantly in the cash model because what are we going to do? We're just going to give away that control again. Somebody's going to say, well, I'm going to pay you 300. I'm going to pay you 100 and then I'm going to pay you 50. And it's like, oh, damn, now we're into... I love it because you're inspiring people that says, start by starting. Start with one idea. There's something you can do different than what you're doing now that will level you up. To me, I think that's the recipe for success is start by starting. Don't get down on yourself when things don't work right, because we learn from our failures more than our triumphs. Oh my gosh. We've had things that we've done, tried, got rid of, business partnerships that we decided weren't a good fit for us. Nothing should really be a regret. It's always a learning experience. What did I learn from that? What do I not want to do next time? What can I do better next time? I don't have a business degree. I have like school of life and survival degree, you know, like that's it. Just like just keep learning and putting one foot in front of the other. Failure is just not an option right now. I mean, I'm 47 and I've got two kids to put through college. So I just got to keep going. Yeah. You and I are so similar in, in our <laughs> mindsets because failure is not an option. Like if I took that option, I'd be dead. I'm a cancer survivor. Yeah. It's like, no, we have to move forward. The resilience piece is important, but also persistence. Keep trying because something will work out. And I'm a big universe will always figure things out kind of guy. And like, if you have the right intention 
and it will help another human besides yourself on the planet, it generally works out. So principle of pay it forward. So, well, thank you for paying this forward in this conversation. Yeah. Please reach out to Jen if you have any questions on that compounding space. And thank you so much for participating in this awesome summit. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Pills podcast. You can find Josh on LinkedIn and Facebook at Josh Rimini and on TikTok at Beyond the Pills. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd be forever grateful if you left a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know somebody who wants to go beyond the pills, send them this episode. If you've got any specific questions or ideas for future episodes, reach out to Josh and send him a message. Thanks again for being a part of the Beyond the Pills community. We'll see you next time.